Given a 10% chance of a 100 times payoff, you should take that bet every time. Jeff Bezos. Welcome back to LMG Life Hacks on How to Maximize Every Dollar with Jordan Mantel and Ivan. Happy to be back 2021 in over 2020. Looking forward to having a good year, better year, safer and healthier year, and hopefully a, a year full of, you know, financial progress for everyone. Um, but uh, Jordan, what's going on, dude? How you been, man? Happy New What's Year, up? Too. Happy New Year to you too, dude. Let's go. Season two, episode yeah, season one. Two. We got a we got a dope guest on. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody's gonna have fun right today. Some some hot personal finance topics. So, I'm I'm excited to get it going, man. Oh, I know, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, without further ado, we love to uh, introduce you guys to our our guest speaker today. It's my family, my cousin, a whole world away down in Australia, Carwell Lynch, the uh, Bitcoin enthusiast, longtime uh, Bitcoin investor. He's been around in Bitcoin blockchain. He knows it all. He had me on a podcast years ago, got me got me interested in it back then. But uh, what's happening, Poogie? How you doing, bro? <laughs> All right, all right. <laughs> Guess we're all family now. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. No, happy to have you on, bro. Happy to have you on. It's going to be fun talking about uh, some, some Bitcoin today with all the, you know, the Bitcoin craze going on and, you know, possibly it being, you know, a substantial, real thing. I mean, I'm, I mean, people have been saying this since 2015, but it re or even 2013, but you've been you've been in the game for a while. So it's going to be cool to talk about this with you a little bit. Yeah, I, I like what you guys are doing, man. You and Jordan trying to get the uh, you young bucks. Uh, I don't know if you guys are millennials. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are, but whatever you guys are uh, into uh, learning about investing and uh, it's a real pivotal time for you young kids so uh i like what you guys doing trying to get people to to grow their wealth and it's it's important man it's important for you kids because you know i'm halfway done with this game so <laughs> you guys need to you guys need to get it going <laughs> no i hear you i hear you yeah i mean and that's and that's why like i feel like it is so important for us to get people like you on here where it's like it's an alternative mindset of like the norm right Cause like really, I, I remember you used to tell me you used to invest in gold and stuff back in the day. Like you used to do that, and all of a sudden Bitcoin came along, and you were like, "This like kind of, like what's what's the story of like what what took you that route?" My uh, I guess journey to Bitcoin came through, you know, gold and silver first, and that kind of came from. Um, I don't know, maybe some libertarian leanings, you know, um, during the um, GFC, as they call it, Great Financial Crisis. Uh, I was, I don't know, maybe your age. No, I was older because I'm an older guy. Um, I was living in an apartment in Hollywood. Uh, some guy at work literally says, you should buy a house. Housing never goes down. That's a direct quote. And uh, I'm like, okay, uh, let's go buy a house. <laughs> um, I'm making 40 grand a year. 
and I get a loan with literally nothing, zero down, $350,000 loan for a house, relatively like big short stuff, low dock. I mean, I had a great, I had a great mm-hmm. job, so I was lucky, but, uh, you know, for two years I was a, I was a genius, right? Cause then the housing went up and then I ended up, uh, towards the end owing almost, I don't know, it seemed like double the amount. So I had a loan for 350 originally. I think it got up to almost 500 because I refied a few mm-hmm. times. And the house and, and the house went down to like two fifty. Mm. So I was in I was the in the Marianas trench of of underwater uh, mortgage, yeah. you know. And so I'm like basically I was like, how did I get sucked into this? I should have been smarter. I started learning about the Federal Reserve, how money works, how the monetary system works. And then you go, it's like holy cow, now it's uh, QE, uh what the uh, the response to the GFC was. And you learn about gold and silver, and then you know, if you you know, right around then, Bitcoin kind of you know germinates from uh, you know from the earth. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, I mean, it's crazy just thinking about the financial crisis because I know for like Jordan and I, we didn't really have to experience that like financially firsthand. So like hearing how that was kind of one of those pivotal moments to drive you to look into something else like investment wise long term i i think that's 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 pretty cool i think it's just really like at the end of the day you just overcame adversity during a time where a lot of people were kind of down in the dumps yeah yeah that's good yeah i mean you start learning about what how, how things work and you know it's crazy so i mean i think we should maybe we could touch on that a little bit about what you're saying with the federal reserve and kind of learning about currencies and things like that so can you kind of can you go into you know the whole thought process of fiat versus cryptocurrency or fiat versus bitcoin i think uh a lot of people like when i try to explain bitcoin to people it's hard for them if they don't understand how the monetary system works and essentially people don't understand how they're being screwed by the monetary by monetary policy so like my wife who will say Oh, but you know, our savings in cash is, you know, it's, I don't know, if you have $20,000 savings, it's $20,000. But if you don't understand that when central banks around the world, uh, increase monetary, the monetary base, it dilutes your savings. So if you, Jordan or Ivan have $15,000 trying to save for a house in expensive San Diego or, you know, wherever in, in Texas, you're saving in cash, inflation is actually eating away from your savings. Mm-hmm. So your 15,000 is probably only worth 135. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's your, 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 your time is, is being devalued by central bankers. So once you understand you're being screwed by the system, you're like, well, how can I not get screwed by the system? Uh, before Bitcoin, it was gold and silver and they were supposed to act as the counterbalance to inflation or monetary debasement. But ever since about, uh, I don't know, in the early seventies when they made, uh, uh, gold and silver uh, tradable on the CME, you can kind of naked short it, which means you can pretend to buy it and then, or short it without actually having the actual item. But basically, they, they, they you know neutered gold and silver uh, over the last 30, 40 years. So Bitcoin was born out of a uh, financial crisis because in the first little Genesis block, as it's called, the first block of Bitcoin mined, um, the pseudonymous person Satoshi Nakamoto uh, 
put that um, chancellors on the second uh, on the brink of second bailout. So he kind of put that in there, like, "Hey, Bitcoin is a response to this." <laughs> and by the way, he, the guy Satoshi Nakamoto, the name, you know, the person made it up. If you put your name on something, or you if you have a corporate office for something, and you go against the grain or the government, they're coming yeah. to get you. <laughs> so that's why that guy was smart enough to uh, say, "I'm not putting my name on it." You know, yeah, it no, it's smart. I mean. That's how it's got to what it is today, because it is just anonymous like that. So well, that's interesting. so interesting. So Bitcoin really has roots kind of dating back to like a crisis. Kind of pops up as this currency that no one really knows about. A lot of people probably thought it was just one of those random ideas that didn't end up or would never end up working out. So for somebody that doesn't understand Bitcoin, what would you say to that person? Like, who controls Bitcoin? What is Bitcoin? Is Bitcoin real money? Did you need me to repeat that? Can you say the last part again? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Because you know, I was saying, so for someone, like, now that we have, like, the background, it's that Australian connection, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for those of you guys that don't know, uh, Cardwell's, he lives in Australia in Sydney. So we're, we're, making, yeah. we're making it happen. Uh, making, I, he's he's living saying, in the future right now. What I was saying was it's so it's so interesting that yeah he's he's living in tomorrow. <laughs> Bitcoin <laughs> Bitcoin already went up ten percent. <laughs> uh, anyways, so what I was saying was that now that we have like a good foundation that Bitcoin kind of derived from this financial crisis, right? It's crazy to think like it was just like a thought, like innovation, right? Like somebody comes to the table with an idea, people build on that idea, and then sometimes ideas blow up. So. Obviously, Bitcoin's blown up way since, you know, a lot since that time. So for somebody that doesn't really understand exactly what it is, in its simplest terms, like, what would you explain Bitcoin is, who controls it, and then do you consider it real money? Yeah, so, I mean, if you go just Google uh, Bitcoin white paper, Bitcoin.org, probably, I mean, you can read it's nine pages. It might be some technical, but pretty much the first introduction where it says Bitcoin is a, is a purely a purely peer-to-peer -peer version of electronic cash that would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially, you know, I if I want to, Ivan, I want to buy that hat on your head. Uh, all right, man, uh, we could say $20, and I could say, okay, that equates to you know, 0.00002 uh, Bitcoin. I could send that to him 10 minutes that payment, there's no leakage. If I was going to send them 20 bucks from Australia to uh, Sydney, I'm sorry, to, uh, to Austin there or Texas, it would go through, you know, two banks. They would charge not only a bad uh, currency rate and then some type of fee for sending basically a data packet or an email. Uh, and then I would probably have to send him $30 Australian to equal to 20 when it should have been, I don't know, 25 to 20. Mm -hmm. But you get screwed all along the way. So um, basically, Bitcoin has written, you know, he wanted this to be a medium of exchange or, you know, cash, cash payments between peers. Now, currently, the market is saying right now, Bitcoin is a store of value. And, you know, I think at a higher price, it will be um, uh, we could use it for, you know, coffee or to buy houses or cars or the smallest or the biggest thing. But right now, people are like, well, wait, let's see what this thing is. And, you know, I have Bitcoin 10 million. Yeah, I'll buy all the. I know if I buy that coffee, you know, it won't be 
a plantation in, in Colombia uh, in four years, you know, with a value. So, um, you know, basically, big, yeah. you know, Bitcoin is just, you know, money without a middleman. Is Bitcoin real money, right? Like, yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Like, yeah. let's just stop Can you go to Walmart question. and be like, here, here's, here's some Bitcoin. Like, I want to buy a candy bar. So the first part of that is Bitcoin money. And if you look up the definition of money, there's some core tenets of what money should be. And what people are using now, in Australia, you got these multicolored plastic notes. America, you got a greenish green with multicolored paper notes. Those are, that's currency. Money has to have certain properties. Yeah. One of them is the medium of exchange, which you know both do Bitcoin and say the US dollar. You trade for stuff. Um, Bitcoin needs to be, or, or money needs to be a unit of account. So you measure it to uh, report value of things. You know, the car costs 20,000, um, you know, dollars, you know, okay, it's a unit of account. It's interchangeable. Every $1 bill is the same as a dollar, $1 bill and another, somebody else's wallet. It needs to be durable, which means, you know, it, can, it keeps, if you need new ones, like dollars, the Fed prints more, or one, you know, Satoshi of Bitcoin or whatever is going to be, you know, it's going to hold. It's got to be portability. You have to, it's got to be able to move. It's got to be able to be divided and divisibility. Mm -hmm. um, but there's one thing as uh, a major thing about money, it needs to be a store of value. It needs to mm -hmm. hold its value. So if you look at the U.S. dollar from the advent or the reinstatement of the Federal Reserve in 1913, it's a pretty much a straight, I don't know, what a 45 degree angle from left to right going down. The dollar from 1913 will only buy you like two or three cents of what it used to back then. With Bitcoin, it's the opposite. It's going from left to right up and it's gaining in value. So it's actually storing your value and increasing it. Mm -hmm. And another another aspect of money, it needs to be in limited supply to have value. But like I, you know, if, if last year the federal debt or working debt was like three trillion in three months because of the uh, uh, sort of ASA sickness, uh, they double it um, from three trillion to six trillion or seven trillion now. And then with this new administration, they're talking about another three trillion in stimulus. This is going to go to nine trillion. They're not going to stop there. It's going to be lim stimulus and, and QE, whatever you want to call it, from now on until the system breaks. Yeah. So, store value, the dollar ain't it. And, and it's got to be limited supply. Bitcoin's limited. Yeah, yeah, I mean, be yeah and maybe I, I'd love to touch on that. So, like you said, Bitcoin is limited. So, really, what drives a lot of the value is the scarcity of it. So, like, can you kind of go into how scarcity and like supply and demand like how that really works with bitcoin kind of like similar to other things yeah like i my, my major in college was radio tv and film it wasn't business but uh, you know now that i'm totally into it i'm like man if i would have went to business school i would have learned all the wrong things because like things like supply and demand is something you'd learn but they're really the market doesn't work that way so uh, things like people are using like Tesla stock as a store of value. And one of the major, you know, shareholders of, of Tesla is Swiss National Bank. They, uh, they can cre create Swiss francs out of thin air, but they can buy stuff with it. So if you look at their 13F filing, which tells you what they bought, they buy U.S. stock. They buy Tesla, Apple, Google. Mm -hmm. But 
you can't go to your computer, crank up a million or you know five billion dollars and buy stuff because that's counterfeiting. So if all the central mm-hmm. banks can create money out of nothing and get it into the system, then things of scarce you know, that have scarcity will increase in value. It could be 1960 Ferraris, mm-hmm. so there's only a hundred of them, or you can't you can't even see paintings anymore because now you know you could do fake paintings that are probably really uh you know close to the original. So Bitcoin has digital scarcity, provable digital scarcity. And that's why this year you have Wall Street showing up and buying in big numbers. And that's the thing that you guys need to look at is, you know, three years ago when I was talking to Ivan and I said, hey, you know, crypto, Bitcoin, it was like eight thousand, six to $8,000, right? Not even. God. Not even. It was like 4000 And, and 4000 was expensive then and 4000 is expensive now. But... Yeah. You know, now you're like, well, geez, man, we're like three, you know, seven, you know, seven X from there or whatever it is. And if you think in four mm-hmm. years from now, geez, if it's, you know, four, you know, seven, 10 X from now, you know, getting off zero could be, uh, uh, you know, just in case it catches on, man, in case it keeps going. So scarcity is probably the biggest yeah. thing about Bitcoin in a world where monetary policy has gone nuts. Yeah, because there's only 21 million coins, right? Is that is that what it is? Yeah, so um, it, it, the last quote, Bitcoin will be mined in like 2040 or 2140. And just every every oh, wow. four years, you know, the output gets smaller and smaller and smaller. But you have more adoption and more people catching on. So, you know, supply and demand. Less, less supply, mm-hmm. increase, you know, increase demand. So now, you know, three years ago, we were saying, oh, Wall Street's coming, Wall Street's coming. Well, they're finally here. And, you know, if you think you're scared about dipping your toe, and by the way, this is not financial advice, people, because I am not a financial analyst. I forgot to get into that. Neither are we. Yeah, you know, we're just, you know, nope. That's the disclaimer. You know, we're just you know, having a <laughs> philosophical discussion. Um, <laughs> if uh, Disclaimer. Wall Street and people with deep pockets are finally realizing the government's never going to stop stimulus or spending and, you know, and, and QE, MMT, whatever you want to call it. They want to hold stuff that has scarcity. So uh, this year we had uh, Paul Tudor Jones step in and say, you know, Bitcoin's going to be the fastest horse in this race. And Paul Tudor Jones, he's a Wall Street legend. He's got uh, billions under management. Uh, Stanley Druckenmiller came in this year. Sorry, last year, yeah. and said, "Hey, uh, I'm taking a position in Bitcoin." He's got five to eight billion under uh, management. Uh, Bill Miller, two point five billion under management, says cash on your balance sheet is a guaranteed loss. This is not to like <laughs> me on YouTube or uh, Spotify saying, "Hey, jump into the Ponzi scheme." You got these big dollar guys saying, "I don't want to lose my billion dollars," and hey, yeah. man, if it's good for him, it should be good for you. He's you know he's a certified uh mono money guy. He he, yeah. you know, he can tell you whatever he wants on Bloomberg. So uh, Wall Street is here, man. And one good story I want to tell you guys is uh, a few months ago, uh, this guy uh, Michael Saylor. He runs a company called MicroStrategy. That's uh, M S T R on the uh, New York Stock Exchange or S and P whatever. Um, he took a look at Bitcoin and was like, I got half half a billion in the bank in cash. It's it's losing, it's losing because of monetary policy. He moves all of his cash for his company into Bitcoin. 
We spent $425 million in Bitcoin at 11000 But before that, he bought his own stash for half a bill because he's a billionaire. And then uh, he bought $50 million more. And then, because you guys are kind of finance guys, and he is close to that monetary spigot where he gets basically 0% loans, not like normal people. Mm-hmm. With, with his company, he took a basically, um, what is it you, you um, have people subscribe to your company for debt? Like, he basically took a debt out at 0.75% for $650 million. Wow. And then other, other companies can then buy his, you know, buy that debt, whatever, for all his company. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. bought Bitcoin. So he's in there for about $1.2 billion in Bitcoin. And pretty much all of its of initial part doubled. Uh, it's $50 million, I think, doubled. And the six fifty is probably mm-hmm. up on a 15, 20, 30%. So he's like the first public company to do it. People are going to look at that guy and say, hey, his stock went from 150 to 550 as of I don't know this week. So yeah. he made money off of that. He basically got a billion dollars from Bitcoin or more that doubled. I don't know. So if you're if you're Elon Musk, you're sitting on just tons of cash. You're Apple. You're Google. You're sitting on cash that's literally melting away. Your cash, whether you're Elon or Jordan, uh, your cash is literally melting away. Yeah. How how are those guys not going to take a position in Bitcoin? when it just keeps going up with supply and demand. And then it becomes a, what, a self-referential loop because Elon buys, then it goes up, and people are like, well, if Elon's doing it, Tudor's doing it, Druckenmiller's yeah. doing it. Yeah, so Everybody starts doing everyone's it. Everyone's doing it. Yeah. Where do you buy Bitcoin? Because I know in my trading account, TD Ameritrade, you can't. I know in Robinhood, you can. But for somebody that yeah. wanted to like do their due diligence and possibly invest in something like this, like how would they even go about it? That's great. That's a great question because um, Robinhood, you're not buying Bitcoin. Um, they are, maybe, because it's an IOU. If you're buying it from uh, so Robinhood, um, now PayPal, is, is you can buy Bitcoin, but it says it's Bitcoin, but you can't take it out. So there's a thing in Bitcoin land that if you don't, hold it you don't own it so paypal might be buying it but since you can't transfer it out they can hold it yeah you can buy stuff like you asked that question earlier can i go to uh walmart can i buy things with it you technically can't because now you can do it through paypal that's huge um they, they had services for the last i don't know ever years of bitcoin where people were using bitcoin buying gift cards at you know gift cards that you could use online so you can use the stores everywhere because it's a gift card so, uh, you know, there's that. And, um, but for beginners, you tend to send people to places like Coinbase because it's super simple. Mm-hmm. Even like my mother, my mother can do it. My father could do it in their 70s. And then you kind of grow from there. Uh, there's Now there's tons of exchanges. In America, you should, uh, there's a company called Swan. Uh, they're out of America. They allow you to buy daily, weekly, monthly, whatever, you know, one offs. In Australia, there's, you know, four or five. Uh, one called Amber, uh, Coin Tree, Coin Spot, Jar, or Coin Jar. So they're now there are heaps of places to buy. It's just figure out which one is best for you, which one has the lowest fees. Um, you know, so yeah, there's just heaps of places. I one thing I wanted to touch on, Poogie, was uh, so Coinbase. I remember that's how I started when I was investing in Bitcoin. Um, uh three what what was that 2017 but the thing is is 
why do companies such as Coinbase that are very affiliated or so much affiliated with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, like I saw that they want to, they're, they're looking at an IPO this year. Like what, what's your thought process on that? Um, and like why they would, you know, go towards the market um, for, you know, probably funding and things where it seems like it's more of like a cash thing and not Bitcoin related. I guess it's for fun. I'm assuming just for money. I mean, yeah, if yeah. they can get, you know, people buy shares in Coinbase. Maybe that allows you to get Bitcoin exposure without owning it. So that opens it up to if you're CalPERS in, a, in the state of California, need to, you can only buy equities and they're on the S&P. Um, then you can buy Coinbase and Coinbase is like one of the largest exchanges. They own a lot of Bitcoin. They own a lot of crypto. So that allows, you know, pension funds and, and hedge funds, whatever, to get exposure without buying the underlying asset. Um, you know, Calper, CalPERS, you know, they got to come back with like 7% a year for their uh, for their their retirement of their employees, but that's hard to do in a zero interest rate environment. That's, what, you know, one thing you need to think about people out there is if you have a savings account, you're literally getting 1% to 0% interest. Inflation is, is minimum 2%. Yeah. It's really more like 10 to 15%. Mm -hmm. So if you got a savings account for your kid, you are guaranteed, like Bill Miller said, it's a guaranteed loss to hold cash. And if yeah. you want if you're a big money guy, maybe put 1% in the Bitcoin just in case. Yeah. That 1% is going to be, become part, quite big part of your portfolio. If you're a little guy, maybe it's 10%. And that 10% is going to be, end up going to be possibly a large percent of your portfolio. If the market, the trend, keeps going the way it's going. And then if you figure out it's working, you might, oh man, I mean, I might need to add to my position. And that's what happens when you get down to Bitcoin rabbit holes. Maybe you start with an initial position and you're like, holy cow, my 100 went to 175 really quickly. <laughs> and you're like, gee, put yeah. 500 in, you start doing numbers. So if you just, you know, consider dollar cost averaging, whatever you can afford to lose, you know, if you're going out every weekend, I know a kid here in Australia, poor kid, he goes out and spends three to 500 bucks a weekend party. And I'm like, bro, just cut that in half. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> that the truth? <laughs> you know, you can retire at 25 instead of, you know, working till you're 55. Yeah. So, you know, whatever you can afford to lose, you know, put in and see how it goes. And, you know, like Ivan, you know, I talked to him three, four years ago and it went from 20 to down to three. But I just dollar cost average up True. or down. True. I, I think this has got legs, and that you know twenty dollars you bought three years ago went up six hundred percent. Yeah. So there's a story like I did a had a part a small. Uh, now it's going to be about two years ago, year and a half, whatever. Um, and the budget was so small, but you know I got a thousand dollars. It's really small for movies, but I just you know what? It's not a big deal. Thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. I'm just going to put it in the Bitcoin. You know, because that's what I do. And I think, you know, that thing's all tripled or so by now or something. So, you know, you know I just basically paid myself in Bitcoin for a movie role. And, you know, it just keeps going up. That's such, a, that's such an interesting <laughs> point you make, that you dollar cost average Bitcoin. Because yeah. we talk a lot on this podcast about dollar cost averaging, compound interest, and yep. then specifically like index funds, ETS, and stocks. So... Obviously, none of us are financial advisors or qualified to give financial advice, but I'm just going to go ahead and ask you, should we just buy Bitcoin now? I would say yes, 
uh, <laughs> take, getting off zero. Because there was somewhere where Satoshi Nakamoto in some chat, they said, you know, maybe you should get some just in case it takes off. Because yeah. you know, now it's so prophetic that no matter where you are in the cycle, if you get off zero, take a position, and like I said, whatever you can afford to lose, you add. It's always going to be worth something because, like these these hodlers as we call us, you know each other. They say it's hold on for dear hold life. Hold on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> That's allegedly, but uh, <laughs> you know, there's people who literally are never going to sell, and if, if the Bitcoin goes a dollar, they'll probably buy it buy up every last one so it'll, I, I feel like it'll never go to zero there will always be some value to it but mm-hmm. if it keeps going up and to the right in terms of value you're going to be like oh man it's always regrettable i should have got in earlier and i should have brought more so wherever you start people need to know you don't have to buy an entire bitcoin at thirty-five thousand dollars at the current price mm-hmm. you can buy as little as you can or as the exchange allows you to buy five dollars ten dollars if you just do that, you know, somebody working at McDonald's buying 20 bucks a week or, you know, 50 bucks a week over four years, you know, probably could start their own franchise for McDonald's. So like you said, you know, life <laughs> hack, you know, let, let's, let's grow, compound averaging, all that good stuff is exactly what you should look into doing. Yeah. I like, I like what you said too about kind of allocating like a small portion of your portfolio because it's, it's one of those things that we just want to be diverse, right? Um, you want to have like some stocks, some ETFs, some index funds, and then yeah, you know, allocate maybe some of your portfolio to Bitcoin. Uh, like like you mentioned, I like what you said about maybe something that you can afford to lose or um, anything extra that you have, just slide at it because you'd probably be happy that you did, you know, down the line for sure. Yeah, and if you feel like you know that horse, that Bitcoin horse is winning that race. By far, then you're like, uh, maybe I'll swing more of my portfolio in it because, you know, if you're holding, you know, uh, some stocks and, you know, they're getting, you know, 8% this year, woo, but your Bitcoin went up 300, then you're like, mm, mm, I'm not a math major, but I think I might want to slide out of my gold position. I mean, gold is great, silver, but if that horse is out in front, you know, if you got Usain Bolt versus the world, you want to diversify and the guy from, you know, Sweden pulling up the rear, that's fine. But Usain Bolt's, you know, down the track and he's winning by a lot. So maybe we should put more behind Usain. So Yeah. Yeah. You always got to be mindful of the who. Love it. Love I also mind. think, I think another big thing too that people think is like, oh, well, it's too expensive, right? And I know how we just said you can dollar cost average like the smallest amount and just get a partial um like a percentage of a coin but really it's one of those things too when you look at like the full the grand scheme of the market cap of bitcoin i feel like you can really see how much more growth there really is behind it right Poogie? like you can see that what what's the market valuation like some something crazy like 50 trillion dollars or something so then you look at like the Bitcoin, like on, on coin market cap, it's only what, not even a trillion. So that's just one of those things. Isn't that something that we can also think of like long-term? Yep, exactly. Um, basically Bitcoin is, 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 is money. And a lot of people see gold as money and gold's market cap is like eight, nine trillion and Bitcoin's market cap is 800 million. So, People call Bitcoin digital gold because if you want to move a billion dollars in gold, 
You got airplanes, multiple airplanes, guards, insurance. You know, it's crazy. You want to move a billion dollars in Bitcoin, you could do it literally every, you know, 10 minutes, you know, and so it's gold 2.0. It's like some people say it's 10 times, 100 times better than gold. So, you know, you got that growth to look forward to. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it, I was going to say some other stuff. Um, well, ultimately, Bitcoin overtaking gold over the next 10 years, you could see you got a lot of room to run. And no matter where you get in, like, you know, it gets a, the, the barrier of entry gets more, more expensive, but getting off zero, taking a position and dollar cost averaging in, you know, you can gauge it and see how it's going and you can't really go wrong. And if you see it's going the wrong way, you could pull out. Yeah. Dang. 100%. Well, like you another, told, like, another, just another thing to think about. Yeah. Like you told me earlier, Boogie, you said you were like, dude, that was an expensive miss. <laughs> an expensive miss. Yeah. You can, uh, yeah. Um, there's a guy on, on, on Twitter. His name is, uh, it's like at 100 trillion USD. He goes by the, uh, Noam de Guerre of, uh, Plan B. He's a Dutch guy. He did, uh, some modeling. So for all you, uh, People who like, you know, models and charts and stuff. He uh, made the stock to flow ratio. So basically, you know, he did the math on this thing, on, on where gold is, where silver is, real estate, and how Bitcoin compares. And he did this last year, 20, actually 2019, he put it out and said, but hey, here's my model, debunk it. And basically nobody's been able to debunk it. He's had calls. I mean, he has a, some awesome visual graphs where you can see where it was, where it's supposed to go. He has it topping out uh, this year at a low, his low estimate is 288,000 uh, U.S. And that's his low ball. He said, if I want, if I say what I really want to say, you're going to think I'm crazy. But so let's just keep it at 288,000. And you could see on his chart that he put out, you know, a year, year and a half ago, how it's following it. And we're curving up. And I think, you know, we're going to hit that, that 288-ish uh, nine, nine, ten months. I'd say Octoberish, August, October. Um, and the counterintuitive thing about Bitcoin is, with every level up in market cap and price, it opens up deeper walls. Yeah. So that's how we went from say the four thousand that I even remembers to the thirty-five to forty thousand today. Is it gained legitimacy? Wall Street comes in, Tudor Jones, all these big guys step in. They make it okay for other guys to step in. And then the companies come in. That's happened. But they're deeper wallets. Market, when Bitcoin hits a trillion dollar market cap, that brings in like uh, uh, like more hedge, deeper hedge fund, hedge fund money and uh, uh, retirement, you know, uh, companies yep. coming in. And then in the next cycle, it could be the sovereign. If you're the, the Bank of Jamaica and you want your currency to be strong, if you could make your own money and buy Bitcoin, now you have that on your balance sheet. That takes it to. Five million, ten million. Like, how could you not just take a punt on it going from thirty-five thousand to three point five million? Like, I don't know. You guys can do the math. So, how many x? hundred x? I don't know. I have a state school education. <laughs> I, I, I do too. I think we all do. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, I mean, as you, big numbers. You young, yeah. You use you young guys. You know you. If you got some savings, like one percent, ten percent. You know, you, you kind of have to take a punt. 
just in case it works out. Yeah, makes sense. And I like how you said too, there's multiple ways you can invest it. I, I remember I used to have this company always dialing and like calling me every day and it was called Bitcoin IRA. And they're always trying to like say like, move your IRA to, to us. And I'm just like, oh, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> Thought that was pretty risky, but I think it's funny how like, there's just different ways how you can look at different asset classes and Bitcoin really is its own asset class. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. One thing you guys just uh, keep an eye on all the listeners out there is um, how, you know, AI and automation is going to take a lot of jobs. So, you know, uh, if you're a stock picker, broker, a lot of stuff's come passive where it's just a computer buying mm -hmm. stocks, um, you know, that could cause jobs. Uh, things are basically getting more and more digital, right? When I was a kid, we had Pong on a TV set. And now we got, you know, you're playing with somebody across the world, you know, Call of Duty. Right. So as it gets more digital, Bitcoin's digitally native for the Internet. You know, you could see things getting more digital, Bitcoin growing because of its faster payments. And right now, like Bitcoin, say, isn't the fastest Visa, but um, they're working on this thing called the Lightning Network, where you can buy small things and have a faster output and not clog up the Bitcoin blockchain itself. So then you'll have a, basically the Bitcoin version of visa where payments are pretty much instant you know like we got they got smart people working on this stuff because you know things are getting more digital and these guys know if they get that locked in they didn't know the, the world opens up you almost don't need banks anymore and, and the last thing you probably want to think about is how all of a sudden these central banks are trying to come out with these central bank digital currencies basically crappy digital versions of their current paper versions which actually is worse for people because they're gonna they're looking at these things called negative interest rates. So your savings account, your checking account might get you one percent. Now you're gonna be digitally locked into your Wells Fargo. They're gonna charge you negative two percent. That means your thousand dollars is gonna be you know, nine hundred ninety-eight by the end of the year or nine eighty, whatever it is. They're gonna charge you to make you spend your money quicker, and that you know causes monetary movement, causes inflation. <laughs> So once they get you locked into a digital central bank currency, man, the, ter the, the tyranny is, is coming. But you have an out. You have this Bitcoin thing. It's decentralized. You know, it's one of the questions. You know, nobody controls it. They can say, oh, the Chinese control it because the miners are in China. Well, the miners can be anywhere that's yeah. cheap electricity. If you're in <laughs> the state of Washington next to a, a river and a hydroelectric mm -hmm. plant and they've got electricity, and they want to sell a little bit extra to, for miners, then, hey, man, bring that to America. They're doing it in Venezuela, where it's cheap electricity. They're trying to do it in Texas, where they got a flare-off from these um, gas uh, methane things, where they can use the flare-off to create energy. And they're putting miners down there because there's just wasted energy they're flaring off. They could use that. So it's not environmentally uh, bad, or it's not bad for the environment, all the electricity used for Bitcoin mining. Because it, it finds the places where the cheapest uh, exactly. electricity is. So, well, so, you know, look out yeah. for these things. Um, I mean, I know we're, we've kind of, we've knocked out a lot of stuff um, today. But one big question I wanted to ask, just so, like, all of our listeners can kind of understand, like, your history with Bitcoin um, is, I mean, I think a big question is, is, like, when was your first purchase of Bitcoin? Like, 
Do you remember the day? Like, what year was it? Just want to hear it. <laughs> I think the, um, I don't know about the day, but I know it was when, I think when I first heard about it, because I was learning about the monetary system, I was buying gold and silver, and it might have been either $10 or 100 but I'm thinking, why would I go for a fiat digital currency when I'm just learning about fiat mm -hmm. dollars, right? And I'm like, I don't know, that makes no sense. But uh, I, in 2013, when Coinbase came on, and it was just basically add your bank account and buy it, that's when I got in uh, and, and took a position. I think it was at, excuse me, about, it was at 300. <laughs> and that was in mid, it was 300 and I don't know, earlier that year, but then it ran up to 1200. And I was so freaked out that I think I, I sold at literally the day of the top when it was almost about one to one with gold at a thousand. Because I was like, oh. And then it crashed down to like back to 200. So it was basically when Coinbase came on and made it easy, I, that's when I went in. So I don't know if I would have went in earlier, it would have been Mount Gox and I would have lost yeah. probably all yeah, my money. I've heard about never, that. Yeah, so and it was really hard too. So that's why I was like, man, I'm glad I didn't catch the Mount Gox thing because that would have mm -hmm. scarred me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then, and then, uh, you know, once I sold it, man, like two, whatever, three years later, it was still there. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't die. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, that's this crazy. Still around, like it didn't die. And then people treat it every time it crashes. Oh, Bitcoin's dead. Bitcoin's a Ponzi. Bitcoin's a bubble. Like the tulip mania only happened once. Even though tulips are growing the ground every year or whatever, tulip mania happened once. So when people try to say, oh, Bitcoin, tulip mania, tulip bubble, we don't have a tulip mania every four years since the 1700s. Very true. So, you know, you know it's, it's, it's here and it's sticking around. It's, it's getting its meat hooks in, Trojan horse style into the system. So, you know, think about that. That's good. Well, hey, Jordan, I don't know if Love you it. want to knock it Love out, it. but uh, we wanted to do a little quick lightning round um, that we like to do with our guests. So it's not yeah, out. absolutely. Um, let's start with what are your favorite personal finance resources, either books, article sites, YouTube channels, whatever the case is. How, how can uh, our audience go and learn about Bitcoin? There's a book that everybody recommends that was written uh, like a year ago called The Bitcoin Standard by Sefidin Anus. You can find him on Twitter. Just Google Bitcoin standard. It'll literally walk you through all this monetary history into why Bitcoin is superior. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people start there. Um, now, like four, you know, three, four years ago, it was just some Yahoo's on, on, on YouTube and maybe um, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos. But now the Bitcoin education out there is off the charts. These are some like really, really smart guys talking about this from the historical aspect. So if you look at that, everybody, if you go to Swan, um, the, the Swan Bitcoin or Swan Digital, whatever, the, um, the, the Exchange America, literally everybody that they list as their team, follow them on Twitter. All of them. Okay. They put yeah. out, they put out all of, uh, a lot of YouTube videos. They have economists on their, uh, on their team. They put out a lot of good stuff. Um, there's a guy called uh, Anthony Pompliano, a pomp on Twitter. He's a must. You know, definitely follow that guy. Um, and then once you follow those kind of guys and you see what shows they're on, who they're talking to, and then 
it's all about education with uh, Bitcoin. Once you get down the rabbit hole, you know, I spend literally, not, I'm not lying to you guys, I spend four to six hours uh, listening to podcasts on Bitcoin wow. every single day. Wow. Because it's involving everything on the drive, on the train, in the car, on the beach, uh, wherever I'm at work, AirPod in, just listening to stuff all the time. Because basically, I, I want to tell everybody, this is like the internet in 1996, 98. Like, you know, you used to carry maps in your car, in your glove box, or under your seat. Now you got a phone giving you play-by-play on where to go, where the cops are, where there's gas, yeah. where there's parking. This is where you always know, think where Bitcoin's going to be in, in 5, 10, 20 years, where it's, you're not going to know anything. Everything's going to be priced in Satoshis. A Bitcoin breaks down to 100 million Satoshis. This is where you got to look at this. Bitcoin is the IPO of money. Right now, you are in the dorm room with Zuckerberg and Eduardo Saverin and all our social network, and you got a chance to get in with those guys before it gets to the public. You, you get the front-run Wall Street with Bitcoin still, even at 35K per coin. It's the IPO of money. You can get on this, and you know when it really goes, really goes public, you'll be probably thankful you did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. That's great. Love it. Um, and then the other personal uh, kind of hot round question we have is, what is your biggest money mistake? Oh, the uh, the uh, ICO craze two years ago, three years ago. Just losing <laughs> a lot. A Wait, lot. can you can you go back to the ICO? Can you like explain to everyone what an ICO is? <laughs> so Bitcoin is trucking along and Ethereum comes out and people realize that you can program. Ethereum's gonna be big too, by the way, but you know, so look you know, definitely study and, and read into Ethereum and everything they're trying to do with Ethereum and uh, DeFi, uh, decentralized finance. But so Ethereum comes along, people realize it's like a like a computer you can program it. You know, programmable, programmable mm-hmm. Bitcoin, if you will. So then people start making things like, oh, I can make, you know, this uh, privacy coin on Ethereum, and I can make this uh, application that allows you to do payments and this and that. So basically, it was just like people making up companies, and uh, you know, you're basically trading your Bitcoin for Ethereum and buying into these, you know, these tokens. And some of them were good ideas, and they were just pipe dreams. So you're rolling the dice. Hoping that one of them would turn out to be the next mm-hmm. Google, Amazon, Facebook. But you had thousands and thousands of basically scams. You know, you were hoping, and it just turned out almost all of them turned out to be, you know, scams or just not not working. So, you know, everybody was rolling the dice and crapping out. So just lost a lot of, of, of money uh, trying to be a venture capitalist. <laughs> So very expensive lessons. I remember the ICOs because I remember they started doing those off of the Ethereum blockchain when I was investing in crypto. And that was, yeah, that was pretty interesting. So many, so many scams. <laughs> but Bitcoin is the truth. Yeah. Yep. Right. There it is. Perfect. Cool. For sure. That's wild. Well, hey. Definitely something for everyone to think about. No, definitely. Yeah, we got to definitely all, you know, think about it. But like you said, Poogie, you can't think too long, right? Because that's an expensive miss, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a, the barrier of entry keeps in, the barrier of entry keeps increasing. And uh, I was trying to get the in-laws in on New Year's Day. And I look, Australia, like, it's, 
it's 36 grand, but you know, if you got a kid, get your kid one, each one, just in case, just in case. A week later, it was at 50. I was like, you know, hey, <laughs> I said, life comes at you fast. <laughs> but the, you know, I think it's like, I remember like the last six years, whatever, man, seven, eight years, I've been the guy going to kids' birthday parties with the Bitcoin t shirt when it was a thousand, saying, just get your kid just one. You know, 3,000, look, just get your kids just one, just in case. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm I'm that guy at school pickup with the Bitcoin shirt. Yeah, you know, you should think about it. You know, one, three, 10, 20, 30, 40. You know, the, the scoreboard is there. The scoreboard is there. Like, yeah. you know, my wife like, what if it goes down? I'm like, oh, good, 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 good God. What if it goes down? <laughs> well, hey, at least, at least Sierra's got a few Bitcoin that she can knock out when she gets older. Yeah, hopefully my seven-year-old will be a millionaire when time she's in sixth grade. So that's, that's the goal. There it is. There it is. Love it. Love well, it. hey, thanks for coming on, Pooh. We appreciate it, man. Love you. Um, it's a good catching up. All right. And... I guess Bitcoin sky's the limit. We'll we'll see where it goes. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, yeah, man. No problem. Just let everybody know. Uh, Poogie was what my family called me when I was growing up. So yeah, if you're from San Diego, you you know who you know who yeah. I am. I just <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't say Carwell like the whole time. Sorry, guys. I just to the listeners, I just it's so hard for me to do it, and I thought I was gonna do it. And it's just too hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey guys, don't forget to check, don't forget to check out uh, name that tune on Fox because uh, I'll be one of the contestants. Oh yeah, on that yeah, show. I can't wait to see that. So uh, I don't know. Wow, that's dope. It's, I can't wait. To see it. it might be currently. Yeah, as of filming right now, it might be your tonight. No, it's Wednesday, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. I think it's on Wednesdays, right? Yeah. Okay, I don't know what the, I'm ahead of you guys. I'm Class. Well, all right. We'll see. We'll see you later. Talk to you later. For everybody listening, thanks for tuning in. Um, look forward to more episodes for season two of LFG. We got some great stuff coming along. Uh, tune in bi-weekly. Um, we'll be putting up new episodes every other week with speakers and certain episodes where J- where Jordan and I are kind of just talking certain topics and current events. So. Happy to be back. Season two. Let's fucking grow. Hey, it's Ivan. And thank you for listening to the LFG podcast. We appreciate your support and please feel free to leave a rating and review. We look forward to hearing your feedback and how we can include more interesting personal finance topics. We want to get you more involved with topic suggestions. Feel free to DM us or leave a detailed review about what you would like to hear. Let's grow together.